I know we're working towards a cure. I get that. But right now, I mean, until there's a cure, there has to be a community. So I feel like the more we do it, the more we share it, the easier, the really, it's just manageable. And it's just so, it's empowering to tell people that you can do whatever you want, but you're going to do it better because of this. Welcome to Level With Me. I'm your host, Eric Passlate. This is the first episode of my brand new podcast about living with type 1 diabetes. I'm so excited to talk about what living with type 1 reveals about ourselves and the people we're closest to, how it challenges and strengthens our most important relationships. My friends at Dexcom helped make this podcast possible, which I'm so grateful for. I personally have type 1 diabetes, and after meeting other type 1s backstage before shows, I've come to believe that the more we talk about things in our lives, the more we all get to the truth. So that's what we're going to do here. She never wants it to hold her back from, you know, being who she wants to be. And that's, uh, that's encouraging for me. You know, that helps me when I'm struggling. As I mentioned in the trailer, every episode of this podcast is going to be made up of two parts. In the first part, we're going to take y'all to our guest's hometown. We'll get a chance to meet their families and some of the other people who are supporting them in their journey with type 1 diabetes. Do you want to help mommy, dude? And then they're going to fly here to Nashville, Tennessee to hang out with me in Blackbird Studios, one of my favorite places to record music so we can spend more time one-on-one talking through some of the stories we heard, digging deeper into what makes each of our T1D experiences unique and also universal. We're so thankful to be here and just talk about this life, living with type 1 diabetes. Today we're going to get to hang out with my fellow type 1 diabetic, Colleen, and her husband, Todd, at their house just outside of Columbus, Ohio. Diabetes. It's like this this punch in the gut as soon as you hear it. I never refer to diabetes as a disease. It's always a condition. And you can condition yourself to do things any way you want to. I've played sports. I've run marathons. I have two children. I wish it were just named something like Livabetes or Better Your Beaties or whatever it might be. I mean, it's kind of a crap term to give something that's manageable. I am Colleen Reinhardt and um, married to this lovely man for the past, my goodness, how many years now? Coming up on 13 married mm-hmm. years. Uh, we're in Pickerington, Ohio, which is where we've lived for, I would say, 14 of those last 13 years. Um, this is my husband. Yeah, my name is Todd Reinhardt, and this is, like Colleen said, this is Pickerington, Ohio. In, <laughs> in our living room. In our living yes. room. My diagnosis story with type 1 diabetes, I had all the classic symptoms as a child. I was super thirsty. I had lost an incredible amount of weight. My mom smelt this acetone-like, nail polish remover-like scent on my breath. Brought me to the hospital two times before it was diagnosed, um, and she asked for finger sticks. My mom, when we would talk about what had happened to why I was in the hospital or why I needed to take shots or whatever it was, she would talk to me about my pancreas, and I'm like, that made no sense to me as a child. But when she said, your pancreas is sleeping, we have to do the work for it. It clicked. I remember going back to school, I was in the second grade, and just some kids mentioning, you know, I'm sorry about your your diabetes and so on, but it never struck me like that growing up with it. I don't really think that I had like a huge grasp on what it really meant to me in my life. 
you're born with this body. And when I was eight years old, it just switched. It turned from being this autonomous working thing, and then I had to kind of do part of the work for it. To be able to do that, it has to be like one of the coolest things. Like I'm my own working organ, the gift of being able to figure it out. It's just mine. And I guess I'm just, I get a little bit more emotional to argue about it now because it does help define a part of who I am. I'm so thankful for it. <laughs> it's okay, I'm fine. I wasn't really up, very upfront with my type 1 diabetes. Again, not because it just wasn't in the forefront of what I was doing. And then I met my husband, and we met the, the summer after my senior year of college and on, on a boat cruise. Um, he was there with all of his friends from the Red Sox crew, and I was there with a lot of my family members. They all threatened his life with the Irish Mafia and the mob that if he were to do anything, that they would find him and hunt him down. Um, yeah, that's why we moved to Ohio, right? right? We started dating in August. He found out I had type 1 diabetes yeah. in February. I do remember being a little bit nervous. I, I didn't, it, it never bothered me at all. It was more, it more bothered me that, that, you know, that she didn't tell me. But, you know, when you go through relationships when you're younger, you know, she, I, I'm sure she probably didn't know where it was going or how long it was going to maybe last. But I felt, you know, personally, like, I, you know, I didn't understand why, you know, she wanted to hide it. I mean, this is who she was, you know what I mean? I honestly felt like she thought I was going to get up and walk out of the room, you know? I mean, that's just the way it kind of kind of came across at, at that time. And, and I think it does make me just, you know, it makes me a little upset, not over the diagnosis, but because I didn't tell him. Well, and it was just, a, you know, I mean, I look back at it. Both my parents were smokers, and... Uh, when one would try to quit, well, the other one was smoking. You know what I mean. So the other one, you, you never, you never could get a grasp to quit because your part, your life partner, wasn't invested in it either. You know, so it was con a constant battle with that. And so you know, seeing that, it kind of helped me. Like, hey, you know, this is our lifestyle. Take it in as a team. It's, it's much more manageable. You know, when you've got you know people that are you know on your team to to deal with it. I think that for some reason diabetes can like spark this and it's, it can be untriggered sometimes um, because like I said, I'm not devastated to have it. I really think it's something so beautiful. No. Just might want to take a cup maybe, you know. <laughs> but I do, I feel like I do get emotional over it because I mean, it's, of our him. it's our life, you know, I mean, you know. Because I feel like at that time, my life could have taken such a different turn had I not known how wonderful oh, it could but... be. I mean, it could be this awful, like, impactful thing that strikes your life and just takes over. Or you could just, you know, be Colleen and Todd and rock diabetes and make sure that... You know, if there isn't anyone out there who needs your help, that you can guide them in the right way. And I think that's what we've been discipled to do. I mean, her stock just went off the charts once I realized, like, what excuse do I have? You know, 
you know, here's a lady that, you know, is doing everything, outdoing myself, you know, and, and everything that, that she's got going on. And it's like, wow, it helped me become a better person just because, you know, seeing somebody go through everything that she had to go through and still, you know, have to accomplish the things that she wanted to do, you know. It's pretty cool. Hey, Nolan, what's this right here? What is it? Yeah. Yeah, that's your pump. Does it beep sometimes? Yeah. What do you see at the bottom of it before mommy attaches my pump? What do you see? Um, it sees football. You see, it did. There is a football on it, yes. <laughs> what do you see on the other end? The pop before mommy puts it in my belly. What do you see that comes out? Do you see bubbles? What does that mean that it's ready to go? Yeah. So they'll often watch me, like, fill it and so on, because I want them to feel comfortable with the technology that I have. So they are allowed to, to get their hands on it, supervised, of course. But, yeah, it's just very normal for them. Managing type 1 diabetes with children can have its own obstacles. Nolan, at this point, because he's just three and a half, he doesn't get it so much. But even if I tell him, you know, Mommy needs to take a break because my blood sugar is low, he'll stop. When he has my phone or he's watching something, I'm like, can you check mommy's sugar? He'll go to the app and show me the number. We have our rambunctious three-and-a-half-year-old. He's like a walking little tornado. But he's just so stinking cool. Hey, Nolan, come over here for a minute. Come and talk to me. Hey, guess what? What's your most favorite thing in the world to do? It is? It's bowling. Would you like to go a little later today? You want to go bowling? Where where are we going? Bowling. Bowling. What's the name of the place? Do you remember the name? Yeah. What is it? It caused the Red Bull. The Red Bull. The Red Red Bull. How about Rule Three? Is that where we're going? We're going bowling. We're right here. This is what it does to him. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Don't open it. Do not open it. Ready? Yeah. Do you want to help mommy, dude? Okay, hold on. I'm going to use your ball, okay? Because this is my favorite color. This is my favorite color. Okay, ready? Ready? So we're at Rule 3 Bowling Alley. It's not just bowling. It's kind of like a adult Chuck E. Cheese is what we like to call it. But I look over and I'm like, oh my goodness, I know that little girl and her father. A year ago at this time, we were having a bowling event here for our Pickerington Type 1 Foundation, which we open up a wide invitation to the Type 1 community here in Columbus, and they were able to come. So that's the first time we had met them. Um, and then they kind of settled into Columbus this past year. Um, but she lives with Type 1 also. I think it's kind of refreshing because like, sometimes you feel like it's like you're the only one in the world who has this. And, but like once you see other people like you, it's like cool, so I'm not the only one.
meeting Colleen and, and other adults with type 1 diabetes, like especially Colleen, like it's awesome to have them in our kids' lives because as parents of type 1 diabetics, like we can't experience everything that they go through, but it's amazing to have these people that are willing to share their experiences with our kids because watching them pull out their pump at dinner or at a function at the bowling alley or whatever and like watching them go through their carb count and little things that she has to deal with on a daily basis and it's amazing to have those people in our kids lives to just be that example that like this isn't anything that you can't overcome How's school? Good. I am Landon, um, and and my last name is Reinhardt. How old are you? I am seven and a half years old. I am Nolan is three and a half years old. Nolan Reinhardt. S- some people l- l- like to call me from my from my m- middle name, um, Ro- Roger Dodger. I like that name. Do you remember when we were talking about why they were coming to hang out with us? Right. Why are they coming to talk to us? Um, to talk about yeah. And what? And why do they want to hang with us? What do you think about mommy having diabetes? I think it's cool. I think it's cool. Yeah. Why do you think it's cool? Um, because we get to see bu- bubbles um, coming out of the pink thing. Mm-hmm. And when mommy's eating fruit snacks, why is that? Um, because her sugar dropped down. Mm-hmm. Now, you, do you remember when we kind of had, we had to talk about some kind of harder things when it comes to mommy's diabetes, huh? Mm-hmm. If you come into mommy's room and I'm sleeping and you can't wake me up, what do you got to do? Call mommy. Yeah, and what do you tell them? Um, I can't wake my mom up and, um... She has. And she has di- um, type 1 diabetes. Yeah, yeah. And that's just in emergencies, right? Mm-hmm. Has mommy ever needed that? Uh, no. No. It's the vector, Victor. It's a clearance player. Roger, Roger. Uh oh. I got the nerf out. There was a bullet in there. <laughs> Is this thing on? It's All right, can you hear one. it? <laughs> check one, check one. Check one, check one, right, check two. Let's hear dinosaur. Dinosaur, take two. You know, I just feel like there's just more love available here. I think sometimes we just get stuck in all the stuff that's not working. I mean, it's all in my hands. She never wants it to be an excuse for her not to participate, or, you know, that helps me when I'm struggling. I have a choice to either look at it in the, under this black cloud, or I can just kick its ass. It needs to be this positive and manageable and forward-moving, innovative, striking condition that you can have and freaking run with. It's pretty cool. It's as big as you want to make it, and it's as big as you want to make it, and I just know, you know, it doesn't matter what it is in life, if you've got some support there, you know, you, you can get through whatever it is. And, you know, this just so happens to be, you know, what we've been blessed to do.
Hey, Colleen. Wow. I love that story and getting to hear your kids in action. We're so thankful to be here. We did a little bit of a, a little bit of research on you. However, I don't know what age you were when you were first diagnosed with diabetes. I was 10 years old. You were 10 years and old. And you were 8. I was 8 years old, yeah. yeah. Well, that's pretty much the same age. My brother lives with um, celiac, so which is autoimmune also. So we're like an autoimmune explosion in our family. So if you can imagine what lunch was like for my mom <laughs> making lunch all the time. So hey, you both so. you both like got the card of like, see, you don't get more attention than me. Right. Exactly. Mom still has we to both, make me special food. We both were kind of like <laughs> a bouncing ball between that. I also don't think the resources were as great back then as they are today. Yeah. So maybe the reason why it wasn't so in my face was because it wasn't an obvious huge difference. You know, we ate similar foods. We did things that other kids did, and she didn't make it that difficult. My father, they didn't make it that difficult. Um, but I do remember going to birthday parties and wiping the icing off of every birthday cake or cupcake that I had ever That's eaten. That's what everyone should day. do, honestly. Still to this day, and I agree no one, so This much. is the truth. I don't think anyone should eat all the icing. It looks fabulous when it says happy birthday to you, right. but no one should eat all the icing. Right. I agree. That's, I always, this is funny. I always thought diabetes was diet diabetes. Yeah. And that I was like, I was just given a diet. That would be way the whole My whole life, I, I get to be, a, you know, a, a skinny giant leprechaun. <laughs> and uh, and it's, it's worked out so far. <laughs> I was diagnosed when I was 10. My grandmother was a nurse's assistant. Yeah. So, and she would, she would test people's blood yeah. at the Santa Fe Hospital in Temple, Texas. Yeah. So when she noticed I was running in and out, I, I had cousins that lived around her house. So I'd go out and play with them. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes later, run in and probably chug a glass of root beer or something yeah. full of sugar. Full of it. Go to the bathroom. Yeah. You know, it's a, the repeat process of constantly drinking something. Uh-huh. So she diagnosed it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I I think it's kind of wild. And you're a nurse. Yeah. And she was a nurse. And I, I actually thought about being a, a pediatric endocrinologist. Yeah. I, Ended up picking up a guitar, and now we get to do other things with with diabetes. But I think it's really amazing that uh, that you take care of people, and you probably take care of people even better than you should because you know what it's like to be a patient. Yeah, I am a nurse. I'm a certified diabetes educator, and I just feel like it was a natural progression for me in my life. And um, fortunately, people just reach out. You know, we have a big community in Ohio who people who live with type 1 diabetes, but when you put your story out there and they realize that you're doing okay, you know, you've had this for 30 years, but you're doing all right, you mm-hmm. know. So, but parents, I, uh, it's a different road when you're young. I mean, you're completely, you're concerned. This is something that's always kind of, and I can't even say haunting, but I think that it's just, it's just always there. Like, there's a lack of sleep on their end for sure um, with the parents and then. So they reach out all the time, just recommendations and treatment options. And um, mostly what I feel like they reach out for, too, is how do I get my kid active, have them stay in school, stay in sports, and also eat really well. So you all have two kids. We have two. Two boys. Two little boys. Three and eight? They'll soon be eight and four. Hey. Um, So, yeah, they're three and seven So do they get to eat the – what kind of icing do you make for them? Well, they have to eat the good food first. Yeah. For sure. We joke around with our kids. We make it like this fun. They think food is an adventure. Yeah. So, but they also like. I will find a Starburst wrapper in my son's bed. <laughs> so it also <laughs> can kind of balance off things there. That's, and I'm like, hey, babe, what what's going on here? He's like, mom, I really just wanted that one. And I'm like, you did it. You did the just one. But yeah. talk to us about it, man. You don't have to hide that stuff. I hide and, the Starburst. 
but they know their limits. Our seven-year-old, what does he say, babe? Yeah, he, he, know, he knows when he's had enough. He just does, and he'll it. pull back. One thing interesting, getting to meet other diabetics. Yeah. I think it shouldn't be the only thing in your life. Like, right, you're not sure. diabetic. You're right. a mother. You're a nurse. Yeah. You're, you're, you help people eat well. And it's, uh, I think it's always great to talk to people and actually hear the story mm-hmm. of they have lives right. and they eat food sure. <laughs> and they eat good food mm-hmm. and they, and they run and they do they all kinds of things that you think. I mean, the relationship with me and my wife, she's here right now hanging out with our daughter. I might bring her in here in, in a little bit. But, uh, hey, babe, you want to come on in? I'll just bring my wife in. Todd, how, through all these new devices, how do you think your relationship with Colleen has, is it better? Probably as far as stress-wise of knowing what levels are at? Yeah, it, uh, it's, it's, it's obviously better. My wife just came in for a minute. Hello, Natalie. When we first met, I just just wanted to help. That was all. You know, just be there to help, whether, you know, it was emotionally, whether it was, you know, talking. Cause, run and grab a juice. Right. You know, <laughs> run and grab really a juice. Your favorite you know, fruit snacks. It, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, How did you all meet? How did we all meet? This is interesting. So my family, me, me, we met at church. We didn't. We met on a booze cruise. <laughs> Um, oh, there it is. I just <laughs> played a booze cruise. I literally so, just played a booze cruise. Um, and we love church, too. Don't get that the wrong way. I but. played church as well <laughs> growing up. So um, it was my senior year of, of – I had graduated from college, and I was going on a bachelorette party with my, my family. My cousin was getting married, and um, Todd worked for the, the Boston Red Sox for a summer um, through an internship through Ohio State, and we ended up on the same boat. Okay. And, and took now him you're all in the same night. Boat. Took him all Good. night to come over and talk to me. We were like Aww. pulling. I back was into picking the... my moment. <laughs> <laughs> we were pulling back into the harbor, and then he comes. He comes swaying over. I just pictured you nervously on the wall, oh, and she's yeah, just yeah. sitting there waiting, yeah. and you're just like well, take thing, a step forward I, and then take a step back yeah. and wait for the next <laughs> MCM or song to pass. Liquid encouragement, you know. I love that. I love that. But and the rest is history. He's been. It just well, actually, and the, the the coolest part about it too. Well, I believe it's cool. He's still like, I can't believe you did that. Was he asked for my phone number, and I was like, mm, no, you're not going to have my not phone yet. number. And um, and then he he did not, you know, this what he then, had too much courage really, to give him I mean, a, a he number. Was really fantastic. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm, and I don't know where this even came from, like who the person was saying this, but it was absolutely me. I said, you can have my phone number if you call me by 10 o'clock the next morning. And it was like 2 a.m. when we had left each other. Genius. <laughs> and he did. He called me. He was in the bullpens of Fenway. And I was like, yes. Like it's 9.58. I'm in the bullpens of Fenway. <laughs> it's like you just made it. Just made it. It's like, hey, I'm in the bullpens of Fenway. <laughs> anyway, looking at the big green monster. Right, exactly. And it's me great. being a huge Red Sox fan, I was like, is this really happening? I love it. It's, it's I, pretty. I love the all-star. Natalie and I met. Uh, I wrote songs for a company. A publishing company, music publishing company, and she worked at the publishing company, and we worked together for four Long and a half years time. before mm-hmm. I started looking for liquid encouragement <laughs> to dance closer <laughs> with her. Um, and uh, and yeah, and it's so kind of like diabetes. Why well, she just knew I had diabetes and kind of yeah. saw how I'd s- sneak into the kitchen. Not really. I'd I'd probably lurk into the kitchen for some more coffee for mm-hmm. the second verse. And maybe some, like, a granola bar if my blood was going down. But it was interesting just even prepping for some of these conversations. We were kind of diving into our own story. And he was like, did you have any reservations about 
dating a diabetic or marrying a diabetic. And I was like, no, because we were friends and we were so integrated um, professionally and as friends that I'd been around it so much that I wasn't really scared of it and it wasn't unfamiliar territory for me. And I wonder if that would have been different had I not already been such good friends with him and so exposed, you know, if it would have had a... I hate to use the word stigma, but if you don't know and you're scared of it, for sure, then would that have affected us? And I like to think that it wouldn't. But it's interesting the way that's why I asked how y'all met because mm-hmm. we were already in each other's lives for so long. Yeah. By the time we started dating, we were already in love. Yeah. Did so, you know anybody else that had it growing up? Or yeah. Did you? you know, I did, um, but I was I was a kid, and it was my grandpa, my. Um, my mom's dad was diabetic, and it and it was a scarier thing because um, they didn't have the tools yeah, that technology. y'all have now, that we yeah. all have now. Right. And he would take a shot in the morning and a shot at night, and to hear my mom remember it or my Grammy talk about it, his mood was all over the place, yeah. meaning his sugar was, was all over the place, and he wasn't feeling well. And he unfortunately died young, which is such a tragedy of – of the time, you know, Something, who knows? He could well, still be alive right now. My Grammy's rocking. Yeah. <laughs> in her eighties, so, yeah, yeah. It is. Well, I mean, I we were talking about that, and I was like, I, I'm glad we knew each other before, mm-hmm. uh, and you saw me taking care of myself and knew that I took mm-hmm. care of myself, because um, that's that would be very really scary. I mean, uh, talking to your mom, my mother in law, it's like mm-hmm. basically he was like, here's two shots, take two shots a day, and. Mm-hmm. And and, and w- a how- bummer thing to me is it's like it's like there's so many people even today it's they're not educated well in, yeah. in diabetes they don't realize diabetes. how normal mm. life can be right. you know and there was a time I, I did go through a phase where I wasn't sleeping because he did go low one night and he would have woken up but I woke up before he did. And realized it and, like, had to mm-hmm. kind of shake him awake. And from that moment on, I was terrified. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. basically stopped sleeping. I was waking up and, like, touching him all the time. And as soon as he got yeah, – as soon as I had an alarm on my phone, mm-hmm. out. Oh. Like, our whole mm-hmm. everything changed. It's Life drastic. changed. Sure. And now everything feels so normal, well, you know. And and it's, I think it's important for people to know that mm-hmm. almost a, a scary cycle almost happened again and I, I i know her grandmother's probably okay with us telling the story but her grandmother got addicted to sleeping pills because she couldn't mm-hmm. sleep with her grandfather because he would have so many lows and just really scary moments at night and uh yeah i'm grateful i'm, I'm grateful I'm it is such a blessing gone. it's such a blessing you get to sleep you know, just being a part of a team is just a lot easier than going at it by yourself, you know. What challenges do you see when you're on the road? I mean, I could only imagine because it's, it's a lot easier, you know, when we're in our kitchen. Musicians, yes. We have weird schedules. One thing that was a stress on our relationship before I, I got a Dexcom was I'm asleep in a bunk on a bus right. behind this curtain in this tiny little cavity in a rolling vehicle in the middle of Nebraska, you know, wherever I am. With no or limited cell service or the phone on silent because he doesn't want to wake the 12 guys sleeping in bunks around him. Yeah. yeah. So I can't get him to answer the phone. So if I slept past, you know, 9 or 10 when I'm usually – I usually get up eight, 9 or 10. Nine. Eight, I would be 10. calling by 8 or 9. Are you live? Hey, babe, yeah. what's your blood? And it's like so we had a late show. Morning. Yeah, we had a late show and I, I didn't call her. So she was always – 
worried if I was like having a seizure in my bunk. I never did. I never had yeah, one of those never. happen. Thank goodness. But, um, but that being said, it's like she can, you know, mm-hmm. when she's in Nashville, I'm on the road, and who knows where, mm-hmm. on a, on a bus sleeping. Mm-hmm. Because we partied so hard, not really. Right, right. I'm pretty chill. The bus, I'm the, the desig. I call myself the designated diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just I'll remember the party the and DD. you'll have fun too. Right. But um, I'll remember the party. The secret funny. for all you kids out there: you're the designated diabetic, and your friends won't offer you things you don't need to have. Anyway, more on that later. But it really is amazing just that she can wake up, swipe her phone, and there it is. Yeah. It's like cool. My husband's alive, and he's just sleeping in a little bit. Yeah, I don't have to wake him up. Becoming a nurse, you saw a lot of people that were coming in sick, like losing vision. Yeah. Probably lack of feeling, can't hold their kids. Um, what At what age did you kind of have that, you know, realization of, I don't want diabetes to make me that unhealthy? Yeah, I think it was in college for sure. Um, I went to Boston College and my I got my nursing degree from them. Um but I was able to kind of sprinkle all of my rotations through some of the biggest major hospitals in the nation. And I got to see these people who are coming in relatively young. I mean, not even relatively young, young, 20s, 30s, 40s. And with that word uncontrolled, you know, it's just a striking term to put on a condition. Um, So when you do see those things come in, you know, you're, you wouldn't be able to you lose your vision and you, it doesn't have an age. There's no range as to when this happens. But mm-hmm. if you get it together when you're younger or at the time of diagnosis, whenever it is, I mean, you just kind of have to manage it and know that this is okay. This is the way that you're going to live your life. But it just, you, you have to pay more attention um, than maybe many people would at your age. I run um, a small nonprofit foundation that we started in, in Pickerington called the Pickerington, Pickerington Type 1 Foundation. And we just put on events free for these kids. We do two fundraisers a year. There's a 5K um, and also an event called Kiriyoki. You would love that. Kiriyoki. I love it. It's Kiriyoki. That's a great name. But it's remarkable to see just this community come together and help these kids. It's just like mind-blowing what happens. So the money that we do get um, – it all goes back into these kids. So we take them to sporting events. We take them to – I do cooking demonstrations with a chef that I work with. Um, so these kids get their hands dirty in the kitchen, and they're making their own chicken tenders, and they're you know baking them instead of frying them. And we give them air fryers and make sure that they know how to use like some of these more affordable tools that they can kind of – okay, what 10-year-old doesn't like to press a button? I mean, yeah. there's tons of buttons. You can like yeah. – make this thing worth and the food and is delicious afterwards. exactly yeah. like we made chocolate chip pancakes and not the huge i mean these weren't plate-sized pancakes but they were enough to fill their bellies and just to know okay all i really need is two you know and just move on yeah. and it, it's really cool to see and then they're invited to bring um either a family member or a friend with or without diabetes doesn't matter just to kind of have them see how cool it is for them to live with it so we're just going to have these uh, any type one child fill out a small little scholarship paper and we'll pay for them to play sports. It's but really yeah, amazing. And, and you know, a lot of people when we ask questions about nutrition, um, I think that should be the first prescriptions that are written for these children. And anyone mm-hmm. that lives with diabetes is a prescription for nutrition because it is incredibly impactful. It really is amazing. I, I mean, I've found I think uh, in the la- at least in the last few years, I find myself. I, I don't eat as much, right. not because I don't like food. It's because I realize I don't need to eat a whole serving family style for right. an Italian family. Right. You know, right. I mean, it's like that's like 
300 carbs in a bowl yeah. of mm. spaghetti. Yeah. You know, and I love spaghetti. Yeah. I love pizza and all these things. Yeah. But it is interesting, even not just because I'm diabetic, but I think you realize you don't need to stuff your face with this much food every meal right. to, yes, to feel healthy and to be healthy. And right. I, I think it's... It's kind of interesting. I don't know if I would have learned this much about nutrition or anything had mm-hmm. I not been a diabetic. I know, absolutely, I wouldn't have. If I didn't meet her, I'd probably be about 400 pounds right now, especially <laughs> here with this Nashville food. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I mean, I'm a better person because of her, you know, and uh, and I hope our kids will be better people, you know, because you don't know what story that they're going to have. You, you know, know, at times, too, you had mentioned um, your mood shifts, when your blood sugars are high and low. Mm-hmm. And then you just like, hey, that's a part of it, of it that's like striking because, you know, just my tone of voice can be such a way. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is totally not who I am. For sure. Yeah. But diabetes can kind of, not even diabetes, blood sugar sways can bring that out of you. And and then, well, I don't know about you two, but there have been times when, I mean, if your blood sugar is low, I become like an MMA fighter. Yeah. I'm like hangry. a heavyweight boxer oh, yeah. when I'm like, yeah. <laughs> when my blood sugar yeah. be low. When, yeah. when he gets high, and again, before we had the Dexcom and we could look, yeah. I, I feel like he would know he was low before I would know he was low, but mm. I would know he was high before he would oh, know wow. he was high. Yeah. Because he would have a sharp tone yes, in his voice, absolutely. which I don't know if I'm you've been around him long enough. <laughs> so to if I'm ever like, it's fine. Whenever there was a sharp moment, I'd be like, babe, are you high? And he'd be like, oh. I probably am. Sorry, babe. Yeah. You know, and check, and sure enough, yeah, it was there. It was it was an interesting part of our relationship, and honestly, him being able to catch it before he goes higher, before he goes low, mm-hmm. makes us steadier. It's I guess even as a couple. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was interesting how we could be on the verge of a fight sure. and then realize, oh my gosh, and then this, this is, is a blood sugar issue. This isn't yeah. us. Like right. we yeah. need to sit down, take a minute, let your insulin kick in, and then like discuss what happened and realize yeah. like we weren't he wasn't mad at me and I was only mad because he had gotten a little short which is yeah. it and I'm like and that's not him it's not who he is having a life partner in Natalie you know recognize you know your your highs and your lows and and being able to give you the space that you need you know to create you know to not have something you know small turn into you know a big argument. Yes, a big argument, yeah. you know, and she recognizing that and just, you know, like I said, giving you what you need at that time, you know, because, I mean, man, it could be somebody else, you know yeah. what I mean? It could have been, you know, and just having having that is, you know, it's crazy how Pretty those wise, you know, in the road, <clears throat> you know, yeah. happen like that. Yeah. So loving the, loving the people you're with regardless of, of what they have. It's kind of it's pretty amazing. I'm very fortunate to have Natalie. Yes. I know. Colleen's fortunate, fortunate to have Absolutely. you to, to understand that. And you found the right guy. Yeah. I think that's that's mm. one of the best love stories you can hear of. Right. I'm sick. Right. Well, okay, I'll, I'm with you. Right. And that's right. uh, that's pretty incredible. We have a message yeah. to kind of disperse and get it out there in the best way possible. I mean, again, there could be some bad things that happen, but, man, you've got to sprinkle that, that positivity out there like, tossed around like crazy you're such good vibes i'm glad that you take care of people and i'm glad you got a couple kids that you're well, spreading the good vibes with you really I mean, are you two are pretty cool also it's really or... positive it's been a blast hanging out with you colleen I todd mean, this has been a wonderful privilege babe thanks for hopping in and and showing my better half <laughs> and a smarter half hey everyone thanks again for joining me for this episode of level with me 
And big thanks to Dexcom for sponsoring this podcast and giving Type 1 Warriors another way to share their experience. I hope you all come back again for the next episode. If you like what you're hearing, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.